Hey, come on, just bow your heads, please. Thanks, bro. Amen. Just kind of walk with me just for a minute. What it really looks like to sing All Hail King Jesus, that we would just kind of picture the reality of what's happening right now is Jesus Christ, who is our King, is sitting on a throne to the right of the Father. What it means to say, okay, Jesus, you are my king and you are my Lord and you are my master, you are sir, you are, you are King Jesus. And church, there has, to be, there has to be a day that we stop treating him like our, our, our backslapping buddy, like he's like, oh, it's my friend Jesus, like he's the king of kings and he's the Lord of lords. He is God almighty as Jesus Christ. What happens when you see him as ruler, you see him as sovereign you see him as almighty. You see him as Jesus Christ, who is God. You see him as the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You see him as there is a day that every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess that he is Lord, that he reigns, that he is Jesus, and that he is king. Man, I need us Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday to see life through the eyes that Jesus is our king. Amen, we are his ambassadors and we serve him and we want to honor him and we want to glorify him. Everything we think, say, and do, we stand firm on the gospel and unashamed of the truth for the word is him, but yet it's truth and it's Jesus and he is our, he is our king. What happens when we begin to get some clear vision on Jesus as king and we are his servants and we are his bond slaves, and we're here to honor him and glorify him and to represent him well and he's not just our, our backslapping buddy. He's our king and he's our master. And we, with great joy, great joy in our heart and our spirit, have such a desire to just want to just serve him and represent him well. And I love this. Jesus, we thank you for this moment. We thank you. As we worship you and honor you and glorify you, we thank you for a great reminder in this moment that you are king and you are lord we come with the highest reverence and the depth of respect to honor you and to give you place here in this service god by your holy spirit that you would move in such a powerful way that you'd anoint this word give us ears to hear give us eyes to see father i pray for a clarity this morning a particular clarity today on this word. God, I pray where there might be a sense of confusion. Father, I'm asking that it would be a, a true clarity, that there would be clarity brought to a topic of confusion. Lord, I pray that you would speak to every one of us here and every one of us online. And God, do your work among us today in Jesus' name. Come on, amen. Come on, welcome to Believer's Chapel, man. We're pumped about our picnic afterwards. I hope that you are all here to take part in our picnic. BC West, 25, 22 West, 5 Mile. Uh, it's going to be a great day. Beautiful, sunny day. Baptizing 50-plus, I believe. Uh, last count was 50-plus who've made a decision for Jesus Christ, who've made a decision to say, this is my public profession of my trust and my belief in Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, dead, buried, and resurrected, and I have been made new by the beautiful work of the cross. That's that statement today, uh, that God is doing a great work in people's lives, and we see that today. Today's evidence of that. 
that we're seeing so many, so many say, I, I, I've come to Christ, this is my faith, and I'm not ashamed of it, and I want everyone to know it, um, that I am truly born again, dead, buried, and resurrected. Man, come on, it's so beautiful. Man, chicken, barbecue, everything is free today. Bring somebody, call somebody, invite somebody, get them there. We'll be done around 1230. Uh, we'll be bouncing over there. Baptism hopefully starts around 115. Um, and then we're just going to be be having a party, man. We've got a couple guys on games. They're going to bring some games. We've got a big slide going. We've got a tent up. It's just going to be a time of laughter and fellowship. Don't miss that, man. Today, it's something special. But come on, I want to get into our first message in our series called Reality Check that I just, man, praying through uh, and seeing things. You're just like, okay, I think there's there needs to be a, a day that we get things back into balance spiritually, like even for the church, uh, for us to give us as the church tools uh, and a deep understanding of scripture in regards to things um, in our community, things that are in our region, things that are even in our nation and things that are in the world that are just way out of whack. And man, I love how the, the scripture can balance things out and bring things right back into the middle. Man, the bubble's in the middle. That's the level, right? We need to bring things back into a place of being level again. And as I been praying through this particular message, praying through the open to reality check as we speak on gender, as we speak on God's design plan for male and female and nothing else. You hear it constantly at this church, and I hope it sinks in. There's two teams. There's team Jesus, who's God, and then there's team Satan, who's the enemy. There's only two sides. And we, we have to, as Christians, if, you're, if, you're, if you claim to be a Christian, that means you're like the Christ. You're a follower of Jesus. The Word of God is Jesus. And when you understand Jesus, who is the authority of Scripture, we have to follow Scripture. Can't claim to be a follower of Jesus if you're not following the Word, because the Word is Jesus, the Word put on flesh. That's Jesus. So um, when, when we see this, there needs to bring some, some, and I'm hoping that today, man, this has been my prayer. God, this has to be, um, said with grace, in love, but firm in truth. My opinion doesn't matter. I encourage every single one who's here, every single one online, please search the scriptures out for yourself. If you say, well, I don't believe the scriptures, then please don't call yourself a, a born-again believer in Christ. We can't, we can't have the two. They're, they're, Jesus and the Word coexist. They're the same. So you can't say, I'm a follower of Jesus, but I don't believe the Bible. That doesn't work. Jesus had a lot to say about that. Right? He said, listen, depart from me, for I never knew you, you worker of iniquity or you worker of lawlessness, Matthew 7. He says, listen, you didn't obey my word. There's truth to saying, okay, if we're going to talk about very real issues and very real topics of today, we have to see it through a Bible lens to say two teams, God Almighty, uh, Jesus Christ, and Satan's team. And when we see, okay, what team are we on? You have to see this. You're going to hear this throughout this whole series. You're going to see things that people and mankind will peg as political, but you have to see them as spiritual. When you see God said this, but there's a deception taking place and there's bring confusion to this, that makes it spiritual. And when the enemy can make something spiritual, when he makes it political, he automatically has a divide and division, automatically. I mean, today we talk about gender, and I know that this, for many, is like one of those topics because it's, it's a growing topic. It's a growing, it's a growing 
conversation. Truly, it's a growing conversation. You see it in schools. You see it in movies. You see it in music. You see it in Hollywood. You see it. It's just everywhere. It really is. And when you see that it's not going anywhere, guess what? It's been around a long time, but there is a sense right now that Satan has put his foot on the accelerator and it's a growing issue. And we as salt and light have to bring this thing back into a place of balance. And my responsibility today, I really believe this is for us to have answers, but we have to speak in love. We have to speak with grace but there's no wiggle room in a sense of my, my stance is firm on the word of God. And, and, and if you're trying to encourage somebody or build somebody who struggles with this, your stance has to be firm on the word of God. Because you'll hear words like biology and chemistry. and You'll hear, you'll hear well, this is my feeling and this is my emotion. and I'm just, I'm just following my heart. I'm just being true to who I really am. You'll hear things like that. But then you get into the spiritual side, you say, well, hold on, wait a minute, the Bible says the heart is wicked above all. Like, when I, when I want to follow my feelings, when I want to follow what feels good for me, Eve tried that in the garden, and we all failed now, because Adam failed at his job, Eve wanted to do something that felt good, she got deceived by the enemy, and in that, now we all walk in sin, and Jesus Christ came to pay the penalty for that sin. But when you try to just function from a place of feelings... When you're trying to function from a place of, well, I just got to follow my heart. I just got to be the true me. Then we're way out of bounds biblically. We're way out of bounds Bible-wise. And there's three points that I hope to make very clear in this topic of gender. And I would, I would imagine that the very high percentage of BC would just... Say, Sean, it's really not that complicated. Like, yes, obviously, this is what God said. But I know I mean, we're a big church, and we're trying to win this region. And I know maybe there are family members, and there are friends. There are people maybe even in this church that the enemy has tempted with this, struggle with this. And my first response is that we love you desperately as God loved you and created you. And God has a particular plan, and he has a destiny for you but we have to hold true to the word. And my heart is this, that maybe as true believers, man, our eyes will be open and we'll be able to have some tools in the tool belt to just communicate biblically. And there'll be many who says, I want to hear that. Okay, then we have nothing. Like, I'm not, a, I, don't, I'm, I don't debate this stuff. Because if someone says, well, I don't agree with the Bible, then we've got nothing to talk about because all I got is the Bible. Like in the church, you and me can have great, great, you can love Jesus, I can love Jesus, we can have amazing conversation of eschatology and things. You and me can have great conversations in regards to the beautiful working of the Holy Spirit. We can have great conversations on spiritual gifts, disagree, agree, both love Jesus, going to heaven. But when it comes to issues of sin, there's, just, there's not a debate there. I'm not debating this. I see it Bible-wise, and we're trying to do everything we can to say, this is what God said, believe it or not, high five and move on. Like, honestly, there's, there's, that, that's just where we need to be with this topic. So let, let's get into this a little bit. And let, let's look at point number one is this. When you, when you are starting to look at male, female, and you're starting to look at what gender really means, and you start to see in today's day, man, this is a whole different meaning. And there's just 
multiple different genders. You can be whatever you want to be. You can do whatever you want to do. You, you can, I mean, when you see this starting to just multiply and now it's just getting weird and it's just, you're like, hold, whoo, bring this thing, reel it back in. Like what is happening in society today? And when you can dial it back into a, a true Bible truth, there's two forces at work. There's truth and there's deception, always. From the very beginning, there's truth and there's deception. And both of those forces are at work. It's either one or the other. So when you see that number one, point number one is if I'm going to believe there's only male and female, and I believe that, man, that's what I hold my ground to is that there's two genders then I have to believe scripturally that this was God's design plan. God is the one who created. God is the one who made male and female. God is the one who had this designed plan to have two genders from the very beginning, and he's never countered that. He's never changed his mind. It's always been the same. Despite feelings, emotions, despite the way my heart feels, and, and you, 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 you have to categorize this as God's at work and the enemy's at work and there's two forces, and th this is the reality of this, this topic. So when you go right to Psalm 139, if you could turn to Psalm 139, this is just a great passage, and, and, and we don't have time to get into all of the passages of where God says, I designed you, I handcrafted you, I knew you are in your mother's womb, I named you. Like There's so much to the truth to the truth that God before the, before the foundations of the world knew that you would exist. Like again, how big do we see God? We have a God who's everywhere all the time. We have a God who's all-knowing. He knows everything. He knew before the foundations of the world that you would be here today. He knew the exact moment that you would be born. He knew the exact moment that seed would take place and bear fruit. And when you when you understand that it was God's design plan for Sean Oberfeld to be a man, to be male, before the foundations of the world. Why do I feel like I have the right to change that? So number one is this, is gender is God's design plan. Male and female, God's idea. Look at this, Psalm 139, verse 14. Verse 13, please look at it with me. It says this, and this is David, and he's speaking. He says this, For you formed my inward parts. For you, God, formed my inward parts. You, God, wove me in my mother's womb, and I will give thanks to you. There's so much to this to unpack. I, I love where it says, for you, this is God's word, this is truth, for you, God, you formed me, you handcrafted me, you put to me together in my mother's womb. For you, God, you wove, you wove me together. You formed my inward parts. God, you wove me together in my mother's womb. God, you are the one who designed male and female. You designed me to be a male, designed Renee to be a female. God knew that from the foundations of the world. And when we see this, God, you formed my inward parts. God, you wove me in my mother's womb. I will give thanks to you. For I am fearfully and wonderfully made, and my soul knows it very well. I will give thanks to you. Church, what is it? When I know that I'm a man, and, and, I, and I understand, God, you wove me together. You made me this way. God, if, if I had my way, I would, I would love to, watch this, I would love to have a feeling of being taller. 
I would love that. The Obergefell name doesn't carry a lot of height. I think Ethan's going to be the tallest of us all. But I would love to will that to happen. I would love to have, well, I just feel like I'm taller. I just, I'm just, I'm 6'2 today. Wait, no, Sean, you're not 6'2 today. Well, I feel it in my heart. I'm, I'm emotional to my height. God created me to be 5'9 and, and a half, and I'm stretching there. I'm 5'9 and a half right now. It's amazing. And, um, but no. God, you gave me this eye color. You gave me this body type. You gave me this size. You gave me my foot size to be the exact size because, God, I believe that it was you who formed me in my mother's womb. It was you who designed and created my inward parts. It's you that says, Sean, you will be five. No, that's, that's where I need you to be for my plan and for my glory and for you to fulfill your destiny. Sean, I made you that way. So what happens when I follow through with Psalm 139, it says, and I thank him. I thank him. Church, what happens when we identify, God, you made me this way, and I'm designed to serve you, and I'm designed to bring you glory. I'm designed to fulfill the destiny and the plan that you have created for me. And God, I, I'm amazed by that, and I thank you. That's what this is talking about. For I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Watch this. And my soul knows it very well. Church, what happens when you see such a, a struggle within those who, who really deal, deal with this and struggle with this? There is just a sense of confusion that, that is within their hearts and within their souls. But when, when God's design plan and God's program and the word of God says, no, wait a minute, I designed you, I formed you, I created you, and it's for my plan and it's for my purpose. I have a destiny for you, Sean. I have a destiny for you. God, I'm, I am thankful for that because I get it. God, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And God, my soul is good with that. God, I'm, I'm good on the inside of, of how you've created me and how you've designed me and how you've formed me. My soul knows that it was your hand. My soul knows that it was from you. My soul knows that I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. My soul knows that you woke me and that you created me and that you gave me my inward part. God, my soul knows that and I'm good with it to a point to say, thank you, God. So when you see a Bible position here is God created male and female. And watch this, watch this. God knew exactly what he was doing and God has never once made a mistake. Never. So when you see Genesis 1:27, right from the very beginning, if you could put that verse up, please. When you see right from the very beginning, God created man in his own image. The image of God, he created a male and female. He created them. You see right from, from the, the level of creation, God, God design plan, God's plan, God's design plan is man and woman. That's God's design plan, right? Mark 10, Jesus references this. Jesus takes us back to the beginning. Jesus is having this debate on marriage and they're trying to test Jesus, come after Jesus. Jesus is like, hold on, let's look at this again. But he says this, from the beginning, from the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. So Jesus takes us right back to the beginning, Genesis 1.27, because Jesus is the word, knows the word, quotes the word, brings us back to, to Genesis 1.27, speaks of this in the New Testament, So hold on, let's go back to the beginning, from the beginning of creation, God has never changed his mind, there's male and there's female. Again, our position only has to be a Bible position. And we have to 
speak this in grace and in love and in truth and trying to get some understanding on this and some clarity on this to those who've been confused. And you see throughout all of the scripture, and you got to speak to, 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 to those who would say, no, wait a minute, I am a born again believer. I'm a Christian, but I don't believe this. You can't be. The Bible is a heterosexual book. Male, female, husband, wife, mother, father, daughter, son, sister, brother. That's all you see here. So in our position of of holding true to the word of God, we see it as what it only is, a heterosexual book. It's truth that speaks of male and female. Now, when you see what the enemy tries to do, as he tries to bring in, he tries to confuse that which God has made clear. Eve, Adam, don't, don't eat of this tree. It's, it was crystal clear. Crystal clear. That which God made clear, Satan's counterfeit is confusion. Did he really say that? Well, if you do eat of it, you'll have all knowledge. Like, you'll, you'll know good and evil. Like, ah, maybe. Woo, the wheels start turning. Things start happening in the mind. Well, maybe it would be okay. Maybe, maybe God misspoke. Maybe, maybe. Well, God, watch this. Again, there's two forces at work. We've got to know this. Where God makes something clear, the enemy wants to counter that and make it confusing. 1 Corinthians 14.33 says this, God is not a God of confusion, but of peace. So if there's confusion is something that God made clear, where does that come from? It doesn't come from science. It doesn't come from biology. right? It doesn't come from education. It comes from God's, the, the one who, who's trying to confuse people is the other team. It comes from the enemy. John 8 says, Satan is the father of lies. Well, Sean, how is it that so many people can fall into this then? Because Satan's really good at what he does. If he can take Adam and Eve in the garden, a place of complete and beautiful perfection, a place without sin, and cause such confusion, what do you think he does today? His mojo hasn't changed. His schemes and tactics haven't changed. He hates God. He hates God's creation, and he will lay any foundation that he can that breeds confusion. Believer's Chapel, this is one of those areas that he has put his foot down on the pedal, and he is trying to bring more confusion to this area. And he's using schools to do it. He's using Hollywood to do it. He's using music to do it. He's using television to it. He's using athletics to do it. When you see there is just this widespread confusion on this issue, and, and please hear me, man. When, when the enemy brings confusion, this is what we need to be aware of. When the enemy brings confusion to a particular topic and that which is confused now becomes normal, that's when he can gain a lot of ground. When people accept one who is, is confused in their soul when, when, when people just accept that as okay, 
When people just accept that as normal. No, they're just following their heart. That's just who they really are. They're just following their true self. And they may be doing that, but it's, it's not okay biblically. Like there's confusion to that. And man, where are we to in great grace and in great love say, listen, this is what God says about this. And we're not going to allow something that God says, man, I created male and female. And anything outside of that is from the enemy. And it's confusing when the enemy tries to make that which is confusing completely normal and accepted, church, we've got to be on our A-game here. We've got to be on our A-game here in love, but yet being firm on the truth of God's word. Come on, 2 Corinthians chapter 11, please. 2 Corinthians chapter 11. And I want you, I want you to see this because this speaks to the enemy's plan. Like his plan doesn't change. From the garden to today, the enemy's plan doesn't change. He's a liar. He's a murderer. He loves to lead people astray. He wants to get into your head. He wants to rearrange things of truth that you have heard. But, but where is it that we are, we are so true to God's word that I'm not going to let contaminants in. I'm not going to allow that to become normal for me. I'm not going to let that be normal within my house. Look at this. It's, it's so clear in 2 Corinthians 11, verse 3, it says this. This is Paul. He writes to the Corinthian church. Corinthian church was a bit of a train wreck. And he wrote first letter. Actually, this is his third letter, actually. Um, he wrote what we know as 1 Corinthians. That's his second letter. And he, and he wrote this to, to kind of straighten out some questions that they had as they were walking in a way that was distant from, the, from who they were called to be. And then this, this second letter is a follow-up. And then he says this, but I am afraid. Like after all that I have done for this church, man, I'm afraid that as the serpent, that's the enemy, that's Satan, as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, your minds will be led astray from the simplicity and purity of devotion to Christ. And, and Paul writes this, he says, listen, this is, this is my concern. I have, I'm seeing things, I'm hearing things, people writing, and this is my concern Man, this is where I'm afraid that the enemy is getting in there. In the same way that he deceived Eve, and the word deceived, that he is a deceiver, that he is going to try to mislead you, right? Uh, he, is, he, is, he is the serpent, and he has deceived you. He, he is working hard to get you off course. He's working hard to plant things within your mind and in your spirit. He's working hard to mislead you and misguide you. That, that's the enemy's mojo. Been like that from when he took a third of the angels out to the garden, to today. His game plan hasn't changed. And when you see that Paul is like, listen, 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 it is my concern, man. I'm afraid that as he got to Eve, he's getting to you. And church, we need to bring things back in the balance of God's orders. We see where the enemy is putting his foot on the pedal. Like we need to, we need to do somehow through the, the word of God to say, okay, we're going to put the foot on the brake and say, wait a minute, let's counter this, man. Where's our counter to this? This, 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 that's happening. Where's our counter to this? Biblically, what is our response to this in the firmness of truth? Even as, what's well, just even as someone that you love who's struggling with this, even as someone who's just turned their back on truth and said, this is who I feel like I need to be, even as somebody maybe that you're aware of, whatever that looks like, 
If you're going to ever have an answer, it has to be this, but yet in grace and love. And Paul's like, listen, but I'm afraid that as the serpent deceived Eve as he was, and I love the word craftiness. Like when you see somebody who's crafty, right? Your version may actually say cunning. This word crafty or cunning, it means one who has trickery, one who is the deceiver. The word cunning, it it actually means one who will do everything possible to achieve his agenda. That's what cunning, that's that crafty, cunning personality. Like they, They know that they're lying and they know that they're being cunning and they will do whatever it takes to achieve their goal of misleading. And you see that today. You see that today. At all costs, they are pushing this transgender agenda. They're pushing it hard in schools. They're pushing it hard on TV. They're pushing it hard in in Hollywood. They're pushing it hard in music. They're pushing it hard like you see it everywhere. And And it's on us to say, no, that can't become normal for me in my house. And you see where the enemy is so crafty and he's so trickery. He's such a liar. He's such a deceiver. That they'll, they'll throw, they'll watch it, they'll throw politics in there, he'll throw biology in there, he'll throw scientific this and scientific that in there, and then, and then there'll be some excuse to make it okay. And that, watch this, that just, that just makes it normal. When we have to see God's word in this to say, hold on, hold on, let's, let's, let's back it up and let's look at God's word and say, wait a minute, God, God's design plan is male and female. That's not changed. So another plan got in there. Who's the originator of that plan? It's it's sin and it's the enemy. And then Paul, I love it because he gives this beautiful, a a beautiful reminder of, hey, listen, the enemy is crafty. He's cunning. He, he He will stop at nothing to achieve his agenda. He hates us. He hates mankind. He hates God's Creation. So when you can, honestly, when you can try to clear your mind and bring clarity to this thing, and, and you can see this as, okay, there is, number one, this is God's design plan of male and female, but, it, but it's en- the enemy's plan to bring a, a great deep confusion to this. And when you see, man, there is so much confusion that surrounds this. There's so much confusion that's around, and he, again, he uses politics, he uses science, he uses biology, he uses all these reasons to just make it normal, to make it acceptable, to make it okay, follow your heart, follow your emotions, when the Bible says, hold on, your heart is wicked above all. Well, no, I just, I just want to be my true self. This is, hold on, hold on, hold on. Come back, come back, come back in, bubble in the middle, come back into balance. Come back into a reality check. Say, what does God's word say about this? Not my emotions, not my feelings. What does God say about this? Because the enemy is really good at what he does. So church, what happens when you're like, man, Sean, I need answers for this. Pastor, I have a friend. I have a family member. I know somebody. And and listen, if there's people that come to this church and you struggle with this, we love you. But we have to be firm on our truth. It's the only thing that sets free. It's the only thing that sets free. When you see, when you see the enemy being so cunning and so crafty, look at the verse, for your minds will be led astray. Isn't it amazing that, that he plants seeds within our heads? Well, the, the science says, man, the biology, and that's just funny when you say biology, biology, 
was male and female, and then they flipped words all around. You're like, hold on, well, well, let's talk about that for a minute. So like, when you when you see that there's seeds that have been planted in minds, this is how he leads us astray by a seed, and we have to pluck the seed by the truth of God's word. That you watch it by your minds, you've been led astray. That that means to be distracted, right? When, when, you, when it means to be led astray, when it means to be distracted, what it means that your minds have been corrupted from the simplicity. Church, this, this male-female is, is, is not really debatable. It's proven by science, and it is proven by biology. It's proven, it's proven by a mirror. It's proven by God's design plan. So we can't allow corruption and decay to come in to something that is just truly so simple. It's hard to debate on this when it's like debating with somebody when it's just pouring out and it's just pouring out and it's just pouring out and someone wants to say, well, the grass isn't wet. You're like, no, wait a minute. It's pouring out and there's actually a puddle in the grass. No, it's wet. No, it's not. I don't see that. I don't feel that. No, you, no. You are proven male or female by the simplicity of a mirror. You're proving that the grass is wet by going out feeling it in the rain. But this is, this is what I'm saying, that there is such a deep confusion to this. There is such a deep confusion to this. You can bring out a mirror and say, I don't believe that. I don't feel that. No, but look, look. God designed you and God created you for his purpose and for his plan. That God has a destiny for you. Church, what is it? When we, when, we, when we see it in Scripture, listen, Sean, you are a man, and I did that. I created you a man. And guess what? It's not for you, Sean. It's for my glory. I have a plan for you. I have a purpose for you. I have a destiny for you. And guess what? All of that brings me glory. That's God. All things for his glory. So church, who are we? Honestly, who are we to say, okay, God created me a man, but I think God made a mistake. Not nope, I'm going to stiff arm that. No, I, I, I'm a follower of Christ. I'm a Christian, but I'm going to stiff arm that. I say, God, you blew it. God, you made a mistake. How are you called to fulfill? If you really believe if you really believe God as creator, how are you going to fulfill his plan and the destiny that he has called you to? By saying, God, you made a mistake. Galatians 6 has some tough words on that. If we can turn to Galatians, please. love this because it just brings some clarity to some things. Galatians 6 verse 7, it says this, do not be deceived for God is not mocked. <laughs> Church, again, when you see this thing as, as what it really is, this is a spiritual fight, man. This is a battle spiritually. Okay, God is the father of truth. 
God is truth. His word is truth. The enemy is a liar. The enemy brings confusion. The enemy is the deceiver. This is spiritual. We don't fight against flesh and blood. This isn't me personally against you if you struggle. This isn't personal. This is okay. This is what God says. Don't be deceived. God will not be mocked. No, God, I, I think you made a mistake. Oh, I want to follow Jesus, but you made a mistake with me. This is what I feel. This is my heart. This is my emotion. No, man, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And I will give thanks for my soul knows very well. No, no, no. I'll see it as God has a purpose and God has a plan and God has a destiny for me. And it is for his glory. Who am I? Who am I to say, God, nope. I encourage the church today, don't be deceived. God will not be mocked. God will not be mocked. For whatever a man sows, this he will also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh or from the flesh reap corruption, that's decay. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. So number one, we have to see male and female as God's design plan. Anything outside of that is the realm of the enemy. That's deception. That's a lie. Number two, it's because there is such a deep, deep confusion to this. Spiritually driven. Spiritually driven. Not politically driven. Not scientifically driven. Not biologically driven. See it for what it is, church. It's spiritually driven. And then the third, I think the third big piece to this is found in Romans 1. Turn with me to Romans 1. This will be our last verse today. And it's kind of our theme verse for this reality check series. Romans 1.22 says, Professing to be wise, they became fools. You know what happens when God says, right next to this 20, have no other gods before me. Worship none other than me. That's what he says. Number one, have no other gods. Number two, have no worship of any idols. Right? When you, when you begin to see the top ten, when you, you when you get this picture, okay, no other gods. Worship none other than you as the creator. When you begin to break it down, and begin to really see Romans 1 speaks to those of a, of a self-worship. It speaks to those of a self-worship. Those who worship self above God. They, they were professing to be wise, but in self-worship they became fools. Let me finish this. I want you to see the point here. Because when when there are those who are mocking God in this, when nations are mocking God in this, when Hollywood is mocking God in this, please be careful. When public schools are mocking God in this, that's self-worship. A 
according to Romans 1. Watch this. Again, verse 22. Professing to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the incorruptible God for an image in the form of corruptible man. And God for man. God for man. God for self. And of the birds and the four-legged animals and the crawling creatures. Therefore, God gave them over to the lust of their hearts. God for man the lust of their hearts to impurity so that their bodies will be dishonored among them for they exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature, that's self, rather than the creator, that's God, who is blessed forever. When you see, when you see that they, they really begin to have this me first over truth, me, I'm gonna worship me, I'm gonna worship that which has been created, I'm gonna worship self, put God aside. So you have to see very biblical that number one, God is the creator and he created male and female and that's never going to change. Not based on your feelings, not based on your emotions, not based on your surgery. God made you a male. That's who you are. Surgery doesn't change that. God made you a woman. Surgery doesn't change that because my soul knows. That doesn't change the soul. That's just self-worship. You decided to worship creation, that's self, and not the creator, and that's God. And church, what happens when when, when you really have some truth to this and say, listen, this issue... Sin is hungry. And when you feed sin, it grows. Sin has an appetite. Like when you see what's happening in schools today, and this is my encouragement to the parents of Believer's Chapel. You need to be aware of your school. And you need to be aware of what's going on in the public school. And you need to be aware as you are in charge of your children, not the school. You need to be aware of what they're teaching. You need to be aware of what's acceptable. Like, I know it's not happening in our public schools in our small little region. I know that it has been talked about in board meetings. I know that it's been talked about through superintendents. But I do know that it's happening in particular schools, not just not in our region right here, but nearby, that they're actually, this is how far it goes. They're actually wanting to put litter boxes in, in, in bathrooms for those who identify as dogs and cats. So church, if you think for a moment that Satan's just playing games with this, and now it's just it's just male and female that just when you really see this this is spiritual and the enemy hates us and he is really good at confusing. When you think it's okay, then wait a minute, hold on. I entrust my son or my daughter that you would teach them ABCs, one, two, threes. And for some reason, I I I trust my kids with you and, and you can't figure out that Johnny's not a dog. Like how am I supposed to trust you that you have any sense of reality that you're going to teach my child anything when you think it's acceptable and normal that Johnny wants to go to the bathroom in a, in a litter box? Church, we need a reality check here. And just so you know, there is talk. Not been in place yet, but you better be on your A game. There is talk of the LGBTQ+, and part of that plus is going to be the letter M or MAP, 
minor attracted persons. Minor attracted persons. If you think it's okay for uh, Johnny to think that he's a dog and it's okay to go to the bathroom in a litter box and wear a chain and bark and not talk and just... Like, how far do you think the enemy's gonna take this if we let it happen? Just if we don't, if we don't say, okay, wow, where's enough? When's enough enough? Minor attracted persons, you know what? It's, they just have this tendency to lean into the young kids. Like, it, no, listen, if they feel that, if that's the direction of their heart, who are we to say that that's wrong? No, that, that's criminally called pedophile. That, that, that's what that is. But man, Satan just colors it up and makes it so nice. So when, what, please hear me, when we're led by feeling alone, Church, where's the end? If, if feelings are the litmus test to morality, or do we bring it back into a place of clarity to say, no, this is God's word. We can't be led by emotion. We can't be led by feeling. We can't be led by, by, by what my heart's telling me. I can't be led. No, 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 no. I got to be led by the word of God. Because parents, if you're not careful, there will be things that are, that are your, your, your child's going to come home with some, just some craziness that they learned at school, a place that we're supposed to trust, to teach, and not indoctrinate into lawlessness could you imagine if if we just accepted feelings well I just you can't say I'm wrong because this is how I feel but that's 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 where this thing has been bred from we have got to be on our A-game. We got to love. We've got to have grace. But we got to stand firm, unashamed of the gospel and unashamed of the truth. We don't fight against flesh and blood. It's not personal. And listen, as a parent, you need to make it personal when they're teaching your kid that this is okay and normal and acceptable and just you do you and just you be like, that should be personal because that's not what they're in school for. That needs to be a fight. But we also need to win those who are broken and hurting, for those who have been deceived, for those who bought into a lie. Man, we need to encourage them and build them in truth that God, by his spirit, would do a a marvelous work of healing, that they would take from that place of confusion and there would be such great clarity from the truth of God's word. Church, we need a reality check on this. I mean, my heart today was just to give you some tools. Just a, a really, a very real simple, simple look to say it really is not complicated and it's not confusing. And it really is simple. It really is black and white. There is no gray area. And as we move forward in this, I mean, we need to be in our A game as a church to win this region to hold our ground, to be firm, but to be in love. Protect your family. Protect your kids. Be aware of
of what these schools are teaching. Be aware of what they're coming home with. Be aware of what they're watching. Make sure, make sure that that which is wrong doesn't become normal and doesn't become acceptable. Church, I do love you. I am. It really is my privilege to be the pastor of this house. I love this house. And we will stand firm on truth. But it's me equipping you to do the work of the ministry. That is my God-given responsibility, is to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. So it is you taking this, looking into this yourself, getting a firm position biblically, and making sure that there's nothing that creeps into our minds that gets to our hearts to say, ah, this is normal, it's acceptable. That's what the enemy wants. And it's like, no, wait, this is what God says. This is something that if not put in check, will run. it will run crazy in so many different directions. In so many different directions. Because it is an emotional, feeling-led direction that that just opens the door to anything and everything. That's my hope for this day. As I say, let's bring this thing back into check. Number one, it's God's design plan. The enemy has brought a deep sense of confusion on this because there's not been clarity. And this is led by self-worship. And this thing is spiritual. Led by the enemy. And not by God. Are you with me on this? Come on, if we could stand to our feet, please. Amen. Lord, I thank you so much for this congregation. I thank you for those men and women, teenagers, young adults, college students that hear this today. That would take it, absorb it, feed on it. Let this seed sit in their spirit and soak in. Thank you for your word. We thank you for truth. Father, bless our picnic today and the baptism and the chicken and the food and the laughter and the fun and the games. Bless our time together. In Jesus' name, come on. Amen? Come on, see you at the picnic. Here we go.